Father, I just um, thank you, Lord, that when we open our mouths here this morning, that you're going to fill it. Thank you, Lord, that you always come after us. No matter what is going on in our life, you're chasing us down. And so we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you never give up on us. You never uh, turn your head away from us, but you're always coming after us. We just love you so much. In Jesus' name. So, many of you know that I was in South Carolina a couple weeks ago, and I was attending a healing conference. And before I left home, I was in the Dollar General store, and I saw this box, and you see it says, Believe on it. And I thought, hmm, God, you want to do something with that. So just hold on, because this is going to be a series, and it's called Only Believe. So what I'm doing is, uh, today what I'm going to do is give you a combination of sharing what the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart, and also divine appointments and that I had on my trip, and also a recap of the healing conference. So it's a combination of all. So first of all, I flew out of Harrisburg and uh, got on the plane and... I like the window seat, but I didn't get the window seat, and I never choose my seat. I always pray that the Lord will give me a divine appointment. So no matter where he sits, seats me, you know, I'm going to have that divine appointment. So I sat down, and I'm right in the middle, and I got two guys on each side, you know, a man on each side. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, we start to ascend, and this guy goes, Phew. And he puts the shutter down. No way. He wasn't looking out. He's just a young man, you know. And I'm like, uh, he's afraid. And he looked over at me and he goes, I never flew before. And I said, I know. I know how that feels. I said, would you like me to pray for you? He goes, yeah, I would. So I prayed for him. Right after that prayer, he puts that shutter back up again, and he looks out, and I said, isn't that beautiful? Just look how beautiful that looks. That looks like God's tapestry. When you look out all over the farmland and everything that's down there, it's so beautiful. And he said, yes, it is. And the fear had completely left, and I was so excited. Now, I had another situation on the other side, that he was a grump. <laughs> He was a real tall guy, and he had real long legs, and we were in a little area. So he's there trying to fix himself into that area and grumping the whole time. And I thought, I don't think I really want to talk to that guy. But the Lord kept nudging me. So I'm kind of sitting there, and I'm not saying anything. And he's still grumping around. Well, then he stopped. And I said to him, I said, well, um, are you from Harrisburg area? He goes, no, I'm from York. And I said, oh. And I said, and, and where are you headed? And he said, to North Carolina. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, well, I have a house down there that was destroyed. And you know, that area of North Carolina, that all that uh, hurricane came in and destroyed a huge amount in North Carolina. Well, that's where his house is. And I said, oh, I said, I'm so sorry. And immediately he started to soften when I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And he started telling me all about it. But he said, it's okay. He said, I'm working at it. 
And from then on, it was a three-way conversation, you know, the rest of the trip. So sometimes, you know, that just really shows me. Sometimes, you know, we look at people and we're, you know, not wanting to be around them because they're grumpy, they're really upset, you know, and so we want to kind of keep our distance. But then the Lord, he wanted to nudge me. And he wanted me to listen, to really hear this man's heart. And I began to hear his heart. See, that's the way God is with us. So that was the beginning of my trip. And then Friday morning, we had a speaker that was trained with Todd White. Now, many of you know who Todd White is, okay? He trained with him. So he taught on evangelism. So I'm just going to bring out some of the things. He told us our qualifications for evangelizing is the Holy Spirit. That's our qualification. So it's not, you know, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that you do. It's the Holy Spirit is your qualification. And uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 in the Amplified says, Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words. That's what making disciples is all about, helping people to learn about him, helping people to obey his words, and helping people to believe, to believe in him, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. And you know what that means? Remaining with you always, no matter what is going on, regardless of your circumstances, and on every occasion, even to the end of age. And Romans 10, 14 to 15 says, but how will people call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher, a messenger? We're all to be preachers, messengers. And how will they preach unless they are commissioned and sent for that purpose? Just as it is written and forever remains written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Uh, Donna did some of that this morning. She didn't really want to in the beginning, but she obeyed. And look what came out of that. And God used a dog. <laughs> Isn't he amazing? He is amazing. That song that said about singing, he sings over us, that's in Zephaniah. That is scripture. He sings over us. Listen to the birds in the morning. They're singing away. You know, um, Friday morning I was getting ready to go down to Lancaster, and I saw this little bird that was just sitting on one of the seats, just sitting there singing and singing. And I said, you love to sing, don't you? You just love to sing. And he would just sing it away, you know. God has the birds singing. <laughs> they love to sing. And we need to start noticing the birds. Notice what God does in singing over us. Because he is always there for us, no matter what. So breaking this down, we see that everyone is called to go out and bring the gospel of salvation to the lost and dying. 
there's a lust and dying world out there. There's a lot of people that are suffering. A lot of people that don't know the Lord. A lot of people that have been so wounded and so down and out. People with health problems, serious health problems. Don't have anybody to encourage them and lift them up. Think about how you would feel if you don't have anyone to encourage you or to lift you up in any way. God is always there because he's the lifter of our heads. We hear many people saying, I don't have faith to go out and talk to people. Well, faith isn't the problem. God's love is. See, when you really have the love of God in you, you can't keep it. You can't contain it. You can't keep it to yourself. You want to reach out and you want to love others because it's that love that draws people to the Father. That's that love that causes people to want to be with others and to come out of their shells and to come out of their strongholds because they want to be with the love. The love of God. He's amazing. And when we go out and we're not sourpussed, <laughs> you know, we're not looking down and, and being so upset about everything, but we're looking about what, what do you have in this, Father? What is it that is exciting to you? What do you, what are your plans? What are your purposes? And then we walk into that purpose and we walk into that plan. And no matter how hard it is and no matter how tough it is, he gets us through. He gets us through everything. So he also talked about the church losing its saltiness. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I know Fred, you know, he's not allowed to have a lot of salt. Well, really, a whole lot of salt is not good. But I like a little bit of salt. (laughs) You know, just a little bit. But what happens if we don't have that flavor, if we don't go out there and we don't, we don't uh, have that love for others and we look at them and we judge them and we criticize them and we look down upon them like we're higher than they are. I've had people do that. That doesn't feel very good, does it? And so we're to treat each other the way we want to be treated. How do we want to be treated? We want to be treated with love and respect and honor as we honor our Father. And I believe the more that we give honor to our Father, the more that we're going to give honor to other people. And we're going to love them right where they're at. We don't know their situation. Just like this guy that I, all I could see was his grumping. But God saw his heart. And he knows what that poor man had gone through. You know, I dealt with this guy entirely different. I never even prayed for this one. I didn't feel that I was to do that. So we need to be listening to what the Holy Spirit wants us to do because maybe he wasn't ready for that. Maybe that would have turned him off. So we need to be seeking, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want? Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Stored up in his heart. See, we can take a situation and we can be in a really rough, we've been wounded, we've been hurt, and where does it all go? Down inside. 
And that's why the Bible says about it being stored. So what happens? We become bitter, we become angry, we become resentful, and it's all stored down in our heart. And see, God wants to free us from that. He doesn't want us to carry bitterness and resentment and anger. God doesn't use us for our ability. Do you know why he uses us? Availability. I like that. He doesn't use us for our ability. Believe me, he doesn't use me for my ability. He uses me because I said yes. <laughs> I said yes. You know, even when he called me to be the pastor here, he wouldn't let, he wouldn't let up, but I still had a choice. I still chose to obey him no matter what. And that's what he wants from each one of us. He wants us to obey him no matter what. He quoted this from Todd White, and I like this. Jesus didn't die to get you into heaven. He died to get heaven into you. Yeah. I like that. He died to get heaven into you. Mark 16, 17 to 18 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You believe that scripture? It's all about believing. It's about believing. Oh, we say we believe. We say, yeah, I believe that. But when push comes to shove, do we believe it? Do we believe that God is our Jehovah Rapha, our healer? Do we believe that he is our Jehovah Shalom, our peace? Do we believe that? Do we believe that he is our provider, Jehovah Jireh, our provider? Because when you're in this situation, it's hard. And it's tough. And you don't know how it's going to be answered. But you know what? Our God does. And so we keep fixing our eyes on him. Now here are some points that he brought out as we go out and talk with people. So I want you to be thinking about this. I want you to be praying about this because I am willing to go with you in your neighborhoods. Any of you want to go? I'll go with you. And we'll just introduce and find out if they need prayer. Let them know where we go to church. And, you know, the rest is up to the Holy Spirit. But I believe it's time to get out there. It's time to get out there and reach out to those ones that are out there. There are many people that are not going to church. We're not out to take them from other churches. We're out to get those ones that, you know, have been hurt and wounded and... You know, don't want any part of church anymore. Tired of religion, you know. We want to talk relationship. It's all about relationship with our Father. So he said, respect people's time. Pray simple prayers. <laughs> you don't have to pray a flowery prayer and go on and on and on. And don't make it elegant uh, that your prayers are for attention. See, I, I've been around where people go, they're, they're just like gone and all, all of this, and it's attention to them. 
and it's not attention to our Father. And don't shout. <laughs> the devil's not hard of hearing. <laughs> Think of that. And don't point out people's sin. They already know. You don't have to tell them. They already know it is. And frankly, it's God's job to point it out. And he doesn't put us in shame and guilt. He convicts our heart. Oh my, I've been convicted. And I continue to be convicted. But it's a sweet, sweet spirit of conviction. And be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's the main thing. You know, I, I know Fred shared some things with you when he went door to door and how he got so blessed in the midst of it, right? He just was so blessed. He went out to be a blessing and he ended up receiving the blessing. And that's what happens. So what they did with us is they had us actually go out. So we were to decide whether we were going to uh, go to a park, go to a mall, you know, wherever we had to go. So there were four of us. And we had to go out, and then we chose the mall. So two of them, Lisa was with me, and the other two, they decided, uh, oh, well, it's kind of like we're really, we got this assignment, we got to go after these people, you know, and we're sitting down and we're having lunch in the mall, and I heard the Lord say, rest in me and just be. <laughs> so I'm like, no, we're not doing that, you know. So let me tell you, when we entered the mall, there was a young black man, uh, just a young guy, he opened the door for us, and the Lord said, tell him he's a gentleman. So I went to him and I said, thank you. You're such a gentleman to open the door for us. And he started talking to me and told me that he just came to South Carolina, that area. He wasn't from there, he's from New York City. He had no friends, no friends. And he said, you know, he started going to a church to try to get some friends, but he said, he's just not finding anybody that's really friendly. And he was, he was upset about it. I mean, he was probably in his 20s. That's probably how young he was. And so I asked him if I could pray for him to have friends. And he said, oh, would you? I would like that. Just because he opened up the door. See, if we're asking the Lord for divine appointments, you know, and he will give them. You just say thank you, and that conversation will start. If the Lord wants that, it's going to open up. And he opened up. And he said, you really blessed me today. I didn't go looking for him. But I knew that God wanted him to know that he was a gentleman. And you know what he said? My mama raised me right. <laughs> That's what he said. My mama raised me right. It was amazing. Then we had another speaker, and he talked about inner healing. And he told us that as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, he will send the workers for the harvest. And so what we need to be praying here is for workers for the harvest. Because really, this is where we're at. Not, I'm not just talking right here at the upper room. I'm talking the church. We need workers for the harvest. People that are going to show the love of God to people. 
And then um, he said the book of Mark is an action. So we need to pray for action because the book of Mark was all action. It was a lot of healings and inner healings all about Jesus and what he wanted to do with his people. And then he asked these questions. Who are you? So think about that. Who are you? Whose are you? And where have you been in regards to where you're going? Just think about that. Your belief determines what you think and feel that leads you to action. So what you believe is what determines what you think and you feel, and it goes and it moves you into action. Many of us have been praying for revivals to break out. We've been praying for years for revivals to break out. He brought out revivals that took place. Jonathan Edwards was an early American, and I did some more research, but he was a philosopher and a minister who was involved in the 18th century religious revival known as the Great Awakening. His sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, warned sinners that they were going to hell unless they repented and asked Christ for mercy. That's how I came to the Lord when I was six. Scared to death because I was going to go to hell. Now, that is not how we are to approach people. We are to pray for them, love them right where they're at, and have them come to Jesus because they're so drawn to the love. Because for many years, you know, I lived under fear because that's how I came to the Lord. I was scared. I would put my head down and say, I'm a bad girl. That's not what God, that's not who, that's not the God that I know. That's not the Father that I know. He is a loving Father, and He is good, and He is merciful. And then there was a second awakening that took place in 1901. A group got together and wanted communion in a tent. (laughs) So they started out with tent revivals. They only had a couple people, and it ended up, they ended up with 20,000 people in a tent revival. And then, of course, that brought the Cambridge Revival Tent Movement. And then we have evangelist D.L. Moody. He didn't attend school beyond the fifth grade. (laughs) He couldn't spell, and his grammar was awful. His manners were often brash and crude, and he never became an, an ordained minister. Once before his conversion, he so outraged an Italian shoe salesman with a prank that the man chased him with a sharp knife, clearly intending to kill him. Yet Dwight L. Moody was used by God to lead thousands of people to Christ. Moody's life of Christian service began with his conversion on this day, April 21st, 1855. Is there hope? (laughs) Definitely. I mean, sometimes I hear people saying, oh, they're hopeless. They're never going to change. That's always going to be the way they are. Baloney. (laughs) Do you believe in God? Do you believe in his miracles? Do you believe in the power of prayer? Yes. That song, he chases them down. He leaves the 99 to go after that one. 
the prodigals. What about the prodigal? The father's there waiting for his son to come back. He loved his son. It's amazing. God never gives up. And he had a kind Sunday school teacher. <laughs> a kind Sunday school teacher. You see, he was a teenager that just wanted to enjoy his life and didn't want bothered with anything of God. So God waited, and he had the perfect time to bring him to himself. So don't give up. Don't give up on your loved ones. Don't give up on your grandchildren, your children. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on yourself. And it's like, oh, I'm not doing this. I always say, you know, even ones that have been drugs and been on drugs and alcohol and still are struggling, I always say to them, no, you're not back to square one. You're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Okay, you messed up. All right. Now dust yourself off and move forward. Let's go forward because God has a plan and he has a purpose for each one of us. And then, of course, we have the Azusa Street that brought in the Pentecostal. Physical healings, many, many miracles on healings. Now, I've heard, oh, that's not for today. Well, I don't believe that. I believe it is for today. And I believe we're heading into the book of Acts with all the miracles and all the teaching that took place in the book of Acts more now in these end times. And then there was a Welsh revival. Now, the speaker made these comments. He said, faith takes the future into the present. Takes the future into the present. Hope takes the steps to move forward with love. Hope. Where's your hope? And then love, faith, and hope are the currency of love poured down. Love, faith, and hope are the currency of love poured down. And grace and love of God is where we are going. Isn't that where we're going? The grace and the love of God is what keeps us going. The church influence has been failing. He talked about this. The latest statistics is that people know two of the Ten Commandments, two of them. He talked about forgiveness is the key to healing, and we've talked about that before. I did a message on forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key to healing. The bond that holds us to trauma is unforgiveness. So if you're holding unforgiveness in your heart because of a situation that happened many years ago, let it go. It's not worth it to hold on to these things. And 2 Corinthians 10 says, Take the thoughts captive, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical. In other words, weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. A fortress is a stronghold. It, it, they are our weapons. Right here's a weapon. 
sharper than a two-edged sword, our weapon that God has given us to get into every day and not cut class. <laughs> we need to have classes every day with the Lord. Step out of the doctrine and enter into a relationship with the Father. If you're still into all that tradition and all that uh, doctrine, step out of that and enter into the relationship with the Father. Because when you get free of the things, those issues that are in your heart, you're free. He made us free. We don't have to be burdened down. We don't have to be weighed down. And then scripture on, I hold you accountable for teaching the law, but not showing them the ways of God. You see, I hold you accountable for teaching the law, but not for teaching the ways of God. Way in Hebrew means a bow and arrow and launching you to the way of the target. So he's always launching us to the way of the target. Don't focus on the sin, but turn from the sin and focus on the reality of Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And he's made this comment, a dry alcoholic is just as addicted when he keeps saying, I will never drink, since he's focused on the drink and not Jesus. That's the whole key. Focus on him, not on the problem, not on the alcohol, not on the drugs, but focus on him because he's the author and the finisher of all of our faith. He knows the beginning until the end. And then he said four entrances of sin, sexual, fear, anger, and hate, and the occult. And with fear and anger, we are always, we always have to forgive. Find the lie and renounce it and then announce God's truth. So there's a lie there somewhere. Go back to when was the first time that you felt this. For sexual and occult, we must forgive, confess, repent, and break off soul ties. And that'll go a little bit deeper, but this is just a, some of the things that he brought out. And then he talked about judgments through expectations that cause a bitter root of judgment. Take, for instance, we expected love from our mother and father, and they were incapable of giving it because they never received it. People that cannot give love to one another, to other people, they have not received it. Because when you have received that love, you can give it. It's like if I give you a gift, you've received it, right, Edith? Yeah. But if I don't give you that gift, you've never received it. So you don't have that gift to give out to others. If we have not received it, we cannot give. We want to find out what lies we have believed. And they had us just be praying about what lies we have believed that we've grown up with that maybe we're not even aware of, you know, has been taught to us. And so I began to ask the Lord, you know, what lie have I believed that is not truth? And so we went, we had some breaks, and, you know, I, in the midst of that break, I heard the Lord say, you believed a lie. 
it's like, okay, what have I believed? And I was always told this, children are seen and not heard. That is a lie. That is a lie. And that is how I grew up. And that belief system was in me because I was told that. You see, Galen over here, I'm seeing him. And Ethan, I'm seeing Ethan, but I want to hear them. Now, I want to hear them with respect. You know, I want them to talk to me. I want to talk to them, but I want them to talk to me. I want to hear their heart. I want to hear what's going on inside of them. And see, I never had that. Because if you would go to say something, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. You don't do that. I remember my grandmother used to always tell me, you don't question God. No, 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 no. And I was one that questioned all the time. No, 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 no. We don't ask God questions. <laughs> you know, we don't do that. So, you know, be asking the Lord, have I believed a lie? We've been told a lot of things throughout life. Are there lies that have been told to us? Not that they wanted to lie, but that's what they believed. That's what their generation from that generation to that generation told. And they believed it. So those were things that just really were really brought out. And it, it was so much of a blessing. And my, my heart is this belief. And we are going to start, so I want you to be praying about this. Fred will be speaking next Sunday, the following Sunday. I want you to write up some things. It's going to go in this box. Write up some things of promises that you know that God has given you and you're holding on to. Like I'm holding on for Fred to be totally healed. It's going in this box. You know, I, anything that has not come forth yet that you haven't seen and yet you know it's a promise from God, start putting it in this box. And we're going to start believing together because I believe in corporate prayer. I believe that we build a united front against the enemy when we come together and believe together in prayer. you have any questions on that? of what we're going to do. So be praying about that. Be seeking the Lord. What is it that I should put in that box? What is it? And we're going to have this belief box right back here for now. So are there any questions or any comments? of anything that maybe God has laid on your heart as I was speaking uh, through the whole service. Is there anything that God has laid on your heart? Lorraine. Uh, people that don't believe in God, like uh, they look at a cross and it really like hurts them, I guess. Or it's just if people say they don't believe in them, Ten Commandments, things like that, really bothering them that. That proves to me there is a God. And a lot of scared people in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, and the enemy is 
the, the one that brings the fear. You know, God tells us that, what about love? You know, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind. He didn't give us that kind of a mind. The enemy is the one that speaks that fear into our mind. Anyone else? All right. I just want to say one thing. I'm back here looking at him. You don't want that. One thing about believing, okay? The devil likes to tell us a lie. And the re how he tells us a 